Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. We are indeed live, taking your calls and your questions, 303-690-3000, Coming to you live from the studios here at Grace FM in Aurora, Colorado. Hello, everyone, and listening on the Hope FM radio network and Truth FM. Got an email uh, even yesterday from a listener on Truth FM. So shout out to you guys listening. Grateful to be a small part of the huge work that the Lord's doing in your life. And of course, we get emails from our friends here on Grace FM. Thank you guys. Uh, with any kind of feedback, positive or negative, well, you can send all the positive to me, and then you can send all the negative to Kevin. He would love to read them, every single one of them. Um, but yeah, your feedback's important. Go to gracefm.com and email us. Or you can always email me directly, ed at edtaylor.org. Uh, love to hear from you, what the Lord's doing in your life, any testimonies that might come from Grace FM or Abounding Grace from the questions. And, and this is uh, not just for the Grace FM folks, but you guys on Hope FM, Truth FM, Rock FM, Refuge FM, whatever sh- radio, wherever you're listening to this, uh, we would love to hear your feedback. Uh, so go to gracefm.com. You can contact us through there. Or you can, if you remember my email, uh, Ed Taylor, or excuse me, Ed at edtaylor.org. It has to be .org. And that goes right to me. And I'd uh, love to hear what the Lord is doing in your life. Give me a call. All lines are open. 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. Uh, text me. 720-336-0897. That's a dedicated text line. Don't leave any messages. Don't call it. Uh, we don't answer it. We don't listen to voicemails. It is for texting and texting only. 720-336-0897. That's for texting. And uh, the number, as I see the phone lines lighting up, is uh, to be on the air, 303-690-3000. For all of you that for all of you that has, let me say that right. For all of you that have served in the military, it's Veterans Day today. So happy Veterans Day! Um, but more than anything, thank you for your service. I know that not everyone uh, in that enlisted serving came out alive, um, and that affected you. I know on Veterans Day we we honor those that have served. Um, but those that maybe you are connected with, maybe you came out of the military with PTSD or some injury or some challenge, or it was just um, a four-year commitment that you made standing in the gap for our freedom and safety. Thank you all the way around. Um, serving in the military is not something I ever did. Um, I didn't get saved till later in life, and in the earlier years of my life, discipline and listening to others was not high on my list. And so I didn't have the privilege 
nor did I take advantage of the privilege of serving in the military. Uh, But for those of you that have, thank you. Thank you for standing in the gap. And those of you that are, um, because here in Colorado, we have the Buckley Air Force Base, and we have uh, down in the Springs, we have, uh, what's the, are those all in Colorado? Peterson Air Force? And then Shriver, how do you say that, Shriver? What's down in the Springs? Is it Peterson? Um, So shout out to you guys in the Springs. I'm sorry I'm not so familiar uh, with them, but I have driven by. Um, I think um, uh, NORAD is down there. The Air Force Academy is down there. Uh, So shout out to you guys in the Springs. Thank you, thank you, thank you uh, for all that you do and all that you've done for those of you that have served. 303-690-3000. Let's go right to the phone lines in Denver, Colorado. Shelly, welcome to the program. Hi, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I just want to give praise. A few weeks ago, um, I did call in some despair about a marriage. Oh, yeah. And I just realized I, it's about me and God. It's not so much about marriage. Mm. God will do his job. And I just give thanks to this radio station and to every veteran. Every God is amazing, regardless of what's happening in the world right now. It's oh. a good... What a revelation. You know, I think uh, it, it, when we're when we're discipling and we're talking through things and maybe even sitting down for what's known as biblical counseling, we're always shooting for exactly what you just uh, demonstrated to our listening audience, and that's self-revelation, like God spoke directly to you, everyone in your life, uh, everyone connected to you, every, but, but the ultimate revelation was God from inside of you. Uh, bringing about this truth, and that's it's powerful. Super blessings, and and things I had prayed about just came about. It is He is such a mighty God. Yes. Oh, praise God. Amen. Well, thanks, Shelley. You bet. All right. God bless you. Thank you for your time. Bye bye. Yeah, you know the one I was thinking of down south was Fort Carson. I don't know why it didn't come to mind. So you got all these bases here in Colorado. Thank you, guys. 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. Here's a text question. Uh, came through on our text line, 720-336-0897. I was wondering why God allowed the devil to rebel and take a third of the angels, and why does the devil have access back and forth to heaven to try to convince God that we are bad here? Well, the Bible answer to your question is this. It doesn't say. The Bible doesn't give a reason or a specific answer to your question. So that's the Bible answer. However, we can pull back a little bit and look at some of the principles taught in the Scriptures and come up with some sort of answer, uh, even though you know we don't say, I can't say, turn to Ephesians chapter 4, and the answer's right there. Um, but... God created an environment with love and free will. I know there's debate on what type of free will that is and how much free will, but there's no question that human beings make autonomous decisions that they'll be held accountable for. I mean, you could call freedom whatever you want and get all theological about it, but the reality is is that men and women and angels— make free will decisions that they are autonomous, individual, 
uncoerced. Even if they are coerced or manipulated, they're still personal decisions. And they're responsible for those decisions for good or bad. God created it that way. We see that pictured in the Garden of Eden before anybody was arguing theologically with Calvinism and Arminianism. You have the Garden of Eden and God with two, two of his creation that had free will decisions. There's no way in the world Adam and Eve would be held accountable if God made them take of that forbidden fruit. Why would he forbid and then make them? I mean, it doesn't make sense. But um, before the debate, we see autonomous individuals making autonomous decisions. I believe autonomous free will, autonomous decisions, also make room for rebellion and love. Right? Forced love is not love at all. There's no, love can't be forced. It, it is enjoyed freely, and it is uh, to be enjoyed. It's not forced. And so there's an element of God's creation where that those that would be in relationship with him would do so freely. Nobody wakes up in the morning and says, oh, I was saved against my will. Uh, everyone participates. God condescends to man in order to connect in relationship. He has to because he's sovereign and pure and holy and man's not. So any connection between man and God is a condescension on his part. Not a loss of his character, not a loss of his morality, not a loss of his deity, just simply a choice on his part to meet man where they're at. Same with the angels in a similar sense, except they have a different free will. While you and I have a continual free will, it seems like in the Bible that the demonic realm or the angelic realm was given one choice, and once they made it, that was the course of the rest of their lives. For you and I, through our choices, we determine the course of eternity, but for angels, they determine the course of, their, of the rest of their existence, starting immediately. And after the choice of rebellion and this entrance of sin, because we can only look backwards. We don't know the sovereign hand. We don't know the sovereign plans and purposes of God. They haven't been revealed to us yet to that point. But we do know that the angels were created, it seems, with one decision. Once they made it, that's the direction of their life. That's how they're going to go. Why does the devil have access back and forth? That's a part of the, that's part of the dramatic plan of God um, to reveal his power. It just reveals the power of God over the devil, that he only allows the devil so far that everything in your life is father-filtered. Nothing comes to your, into your life that God hasn't allowed. Uh, and, and so we, we can only come to conclusions after the fact. Uh, we don't know before the fact. We can only look at it you know, as, as God revealed it to us. And... And it's, it's pretty powerful um, and amazing, quite frankly, of what God has allowed. And I guess in a real way, you could say that God, uh, in answer to your question, why? So that you and I could come into relationship with him. That's pretty powerful. All the securitous route that the gospel took to get to you and me. But great question. 303-690-3000 is the number Ooh, here's a great text question. Will Brian Michaels be coming back to Grace FM? If he wants to, Brian Michaels is the one that called and asked to be taken off the air because they were doing a, something different in their church and wanted to go in a different direction. So here's what you need to do. You ready? I want you to call Brian Michaels. I'm going to give you his personal home number, and I want you to call him and text him 
and I want you to tell him, get back on the air. We would love to have Brian. I love Brian's teaching. I'd love to have him back. Um, but he's the one that called to ask to be taken off. Uh, and he fulfilled his, you know, he fulfilled his commitment. Uh, he made a commitment with us yearly. Um, and let me just double check. I don't want to give you his cell phone by accident. I'm going to give you the number to his church, though. You need to call the church and tell him, get back on Grace FM. We miss you. Um, because part of the reason why pastors decide to pull off is people don't tell them they're listening. Uh, they don't connect with them. Uh, and so his church is Lighthouse in the Springs. I bet he's even listening right now so he can hear you. But here's his number. Are you ready? Uh, hopefully you can write it down or you can look it up uh, on his website. But call the church, 719-661-8580, and, say, and just leave a message, Brian... Why aren't you on Grace FM? Brian, why don't, Pastor Brian, uh, I can't believe you left Grace FM. Pastor Brian, we miss you. We miss your teaching um, because he is a unique, gifted teacher, and uh, we're glad to have him. Uh, so call him up, 719-661-8580, and tell Brian to come back on the air. And he doesn't have a choice. Just tell him it's the sovereign will of God. He must come back on the air. Um, so. Of course, there's a little bit of joking in there. But call him. Let him know. 303-690-3000. Back to Aurora, Colorado. Willa, welcome to the program. Hi. I was just, hi, I was just telling him I'm fan-drilling. Um, I have been listening to your show since I was in um, a small cell in Denver Women's Correctional Facility. Oh, wow about four years ago, um, 2015-2016, uh, is when I started. I had just barely gotten saved. Um, and so I want to thank you, first of all, because uh, knowing that I could turn on a radio station that was going to give me nothing but Jesus and the Word of God and was a light in a very, very dark place. That place mm. is so dark. Yes. Um, and so I want to thank you. Uh, it helped me grow exponentially and start understanding that um, obedience is key. Um, and I really value your honesty with the teaching. You know, you, you, speak, you speak His Word, and I and I trust you in that. So, thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for um, your encouragement. Yeah, of course. Uh, you, you're doing amazing things for the Lord. Um, I uh, I now. And I have been out for maybe two years. Uh, since then, I've escaped human trafficking. I have had a little baby. I am almost at my associate's degree. I got off parole early, and I've completely turned my life around. Again, obedience to Christ. But I'm in this place where there's all this stuff from my past still making mention to my future. Um, and I, I feel like I have all these doors open that I just want shut. And, and I feel like I also have this calling on my life that's huge. Um, and I feel like it's my calling. I sometimes I even wonder if I'm crazy. Um, but I feel like it's my calling because it's something so amazingly beautiful that I could never have thought of it. Um, and it's almost like God started bringing me into it bit by bit and then showed me, you know? And I also feel like it's so big. How do you go from the world telling you you're worth nothing to God telling you you're worth so much that I trust you with all of this? 
and um, and know that you're making the right decision, that you're listening to his voice and that you're not putting your own opinion in there. Because that's my biggest fear, is not asking when he wants me to, not jumping when he says jump, because sometimes you might miss the bus. But also allowing myself to get in the way of his plan. Because I know his plan is so much bigger than mine could ever be. Well, those are good. Those are good concerns. I think that the when you mention about fearing uh, making the wrong decision or fearing failure, it's we need to be careful because there's a misplaced fear. Um, our fear should be toward the Lord, respecting and honoring Him, respecting and honoring His Word. Because the fact is, is that you will fail, you will make mistakes. God gives you the freedom to do that. But like anything, it's sort of, well, it's not sort of. The Bible does compare you and me in our relationship to, with him with the natural progression of maturity in a child. You know, we start out as newborn babes. Uh, we start out as babies, which is kind of hard for those that are older. You know, you're like, what do you mean? I'm a grown adult. But no, when we're born again, we're newborn babes. And we start making progress where we're, you know, we're we're young, uh, we're um growing on milk, and then we move to meat. You could say that we crawl, then we walk, then we run, then we finish the race. And just like there is in a human being, there's a natural maturity and progression that takes place in our lives. And and when it comes to fear, when it comes to fear, we want to make sure it's placed. Because if we live by fear, then that's a paralyzing emotion. Um, we don't want to misunderstand the the intent of God. We don't want to misunderstand the freedom that he gives us to explore and to, you know, to fail, because we learn a lot out of failure and refining than we, just as much as we do out of success. And so the the pathway that he's given to us is to be men and women of his word, to be men and women of prayer, to be men and women who fellowship and serve in our community, to love God with all our heart, soul, and mind, and love our neighbor. And as we're living life abiding in Christ, he leads us and guides us. And when we fail, you know, the question really is not that we will fail, but we handle it properly, that we repent, that we humble ourselves before God, that we learn from our mistakes. Um, But failure and falling on your face and making bad decisions and uh, all of the like will will be with will be with you um, and me until we meet Jesus face to face. And I think that there's a a lot to be said of like any relationship, uh, a relationship that is filled with trust, a relationship that's filled with mutual uh, admiration or respect, uh, a relationship that's been through things. Um, I know that just looking at your life and as your testimony, you are a different woman because of your experiences. And I know if you got the chance to say, well, you know, if somebody came to you with that age-old philosophical question, if you could change your life, uh, anything in the past, would you? I'm sure the answer is yours, just like mine would be. The answer is yes and no. Um, Sure, I'd love to change all the pain and suffering and jail time I did and things that I personally experienced, let alone what you experienced. And of course I would. However... However, if it changed and altered the course of my life, of who I married, my children, who I am today, then no, I wouldn't change it, because I am who I am by the grace of God. 
And yeah. I think it's important that you realize that you will fail again. Um, that, but, but as a born-again believer, you're a new creation in Christ. So your failure is different now. You're not failing in, re, in a rebellious um, situation where you have no relationship with God, but now you're failing as a daughter. And you don't just throw daughter, you know, you have a, a new child. You just don't dismiss your kid because they failed. You pick them up, you train them, you teach them, you correct them. You might even chasten them or, you know, teach them what, it, what, what they need to learn out of it, but you don't dismiss them, and God is not going to dismiss you. You will, you know, the Bible even gives that, gives a verse, it says, uh, gives us a truth that says, though a man falls seven times, he'll rise again. And to me, that's just so encouraging. Yeah. So, can I ask you a question? I know that when you came into pastoring this amazing church that you have now, that there had to be, you know, nerves and butterflies in, in the beginning process. What I am learning in life, because I didn't live a, a life that I was able to learn even basic concepts of life, you know? But I guess what I'm learning is that when things start, like in their infancy, you really don't see much ahead of you. You see more, oh, that's why, that's why, behind you. And I think that might be life in general. But as you were being told by God, like, this is your calling. This is what you're supposed to do. How did that play out in your heart and mind? How did you handle that? Like, because um, it must have felt big. Oh, it still does, yeah. I think um, I think that's a good question, uh, I, because it does reflect uh, very similar to what I shared uh, earlier with the, the reality that God grows us up little by little. I was reminded, and it was you were speaking of that, I was reminded of uh, the insights that were given in the book of Exodus when the children of Israel were coming out of Egypt. They did come out of Egypt, and they were going toward the promised land. They were going to take the promised land. God said this to them. He said, little by little, I will drive them out from before you until you have increased, inherit the land. And he says... Um, Actually, a little bit before that, he says, I will not drive them out from before you in one year, lest the land become desolate and the beasts of the field become too numerous for you. But little by little, I'll drive them out. And what he was telling the children of Israel is that their victory wasn't going to come overnight. And because of, because of the, the need that they had, they were not going to experience instant success. They needed to learn. You know, if we approach life, all of life as a learning experience, then we won't be so discouraged. We might still be a little discouraged, but we won't be so discouraged when things don't happen on our timing. And little by little, and you know, the calling of God on my life goes all the way back to when I was a new believer and just sensing how and watching how God would use me in leadership positions, how he would give me oversight. And I served at a church while I worked full time. Uh, I did and I also went to Bible school at the same time. Like it was, I don't even know how I did it. And I had two little boys, you know, at home with a brand new family. And I just don't know how I did it. But God was enabling us to do that. Um, but I didn't, I didn't, I didn't pastor a church right it right away. My first ministry assignment, the very first thing I ever did. And this is a man. Let's just think of it. Looking back now, this the man that's called to pastor Calvary Church. My first ministry assignment was to hold babies in the nursery. That's what I was, that's my big, my first responsibility I was ever given in the church 
was to hold babies in the nursery with a with my overseer Carrie Cross. She was my first overseer, and I was to submit to her and take care of babies. And I love kids, so I played with them, and um, you know I held them when they're crying, and and I also wondered what the heck am I doing with kids? I'm called to great things, you know, kind of pridefully in my heart. But God was teaching me, even though He didn't tell me exactly. I can look back now, and He's teaching me how to trust him and to follow him and just to serve. I needed to learn how to die to myself, which I'm still learning today, and just serve. And then I started from the nursery. I finally moved up, and I started teaching two-year-olds. And then I taught three-year-olds, and I taught five-year-olds, and I taught first grade, second grade, third grade. Then I started overseeing all of it. We had 300 kids on a Wednesday night, and I was overseeing all 300 kids and all 32 teachers or whatever we had in and it's like it lit, it was little by little um, and just being faithful with what was in front of me. Uh, and over the years, I spent eight years there. Over the years, I did a lot of different things. You know, I taught home Bible studies. Eventually, Pastor Jeff let me teach in the pulpit. Um, then I then I ended up um, teaching new believer classes. I mean, on it was little by little. And then when I moved here, um, you know, I when I left California, I had a I was a singles pastor. And I had a ministry there at the church with about a couple hundred singles. And when I moved here, I moved to zero. God took me back to zero. Why? Because he wanted to train me in Colorado. He wanted me to trust him in Colorado. He wanted me to be faithful. And I've shared this story before, but we ended up coming to Aurora. There was already a church here. When I met with the pastor here, he pretty harshly and matter-of-factly said, hey, there's already a church here. You need to find another city. And I said, you're right, I do. I didn't come to cause confusion. I didn't come to, to confuse people because you know there was already a Calvary Chapel here in Aurora. So we went to Parker, and we opened up a little Bible study in a front room of our house in Parker, and then uh, up by Arapahoe and Parker Road. And we invited everyone. We went all throughout the neighborhood, passed out flyers. And believe me, I was so worried. The church that I came from was a church of 6,000 people, uh, it was huge, and and I was so worried. Oh, what's going to happen if so many people come to my front door? What happens? What are we going to put them? We don't have a big house, and I was so worried. And then seven o'clock comes, nobody showed up. Seven ten, nobody showed up. About seven fifteen, there's a knock on the door, and there's three people at the door: a mom, a dad, and a kid uh, who was playing. Who's my next door neighbors? That was my son's friend. And they came in, and, and, and we had this talk at the door. Like, I'm so excited. Oh, you're here for the Bible study? Yes. Uh, and they said, do you have something for the kids? And I said, yes, we have something for the kids. I was so excited to describe it for them. And I said, come on in, come on in. And they said, no, no. You, so you have, and they clarified, they said something like, you have something for our son. And I said, yes. And they said, okay, well, here he is. We're going to go shopping, and uh, we'll be back to pick him up when it's over. And that was the first Bible study I ever had here in Colorado, was in my front room taking care of our neighbor's kid. Nobody else showed up that day. And we rearranged everything and sat on the front room teaching this Bible story to all of our kids, and my wife was there. And, and God, was, God was teaching us. It's almost like he was saying this, Ed, if you will not be faithful with this young boy, I'll never trust you with people. And it's almost like the Lord's always sharing that with us. If you're not faithful with the little things, then I'm not going to yeah. make you ruler of many. And so just know that the calling may be strong in your life, but it's going to take time for God to develop that right place for you in the body. And, 
And whether you realize it or not, I think you already do, but just in case for those listening, whether you realize it or not, you have a lot to learn. So be teachable and let the Lord teach you all that you need to learn. Wow, thank you so much, sir. I just, again, I'm still really thankful that I got to speak to you today. I've been dying to get to the church, but uh, right as I was trying to prep to go, they started locking everything down again. And you're only a half hour away from my house on the bus. Oh, right on. So, are you guys doing services again? With we are. We are meeting in person. Go to calvaryco.church for all the details. You hear the music. I got to go. Bye-bye. All right. We're coming up to the end of the first half already. We'll be right back. This is Calvary Live with Ed Taylor. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome back. Full lines, full lines here at Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor, but uh, when the when you do hear somebody hang up, that means there's an open line and we want you to call 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. Text me, 720-336-0897. Uh, there is... Um, oh, I just had a thought, and it lost me. Sorry. I'm going to go right to the phone lines. Uh, maybe the thought will come back to me. Sometimes it does, and sometimes it doesn't. And somebody called uh, first, or text during the first half of the show, why is Brian Michaels coming back on? Uh, I don't know, but you can call him and ask him to come back on Grace FM, 719-661-8580. I'm sure he would love, I'm serious, I'm not joking. I'm sure he would love uh, to hear from feedback. Most people leave um, because they don't hear feedback from the show. So when you give them feedback, they stay on the program. And this is true every Christian radio station, not just Grace FM. Nate, Pennsylvania, welcome to the program. Hey, Nate, you're on the air, man. How often should we take communion? Great question. The Bible doesn't instruct us on how often. It just instructs us, Jesus does, when you do it. Uh, there seems to be a pattern of the early church that they, uh, every time they met um, on Sundays, on the first day of the week that they took communion, but that's inferred. It's, it's implicitly taught, not explicitly. Uh, you can take communion as often as you like, as long as you do it properly. Tom in Pennsylvania, welcome to the program. Uh, hi, can you hear me? I can, yes. Hi, um, I was listening to the program from what I believe was last week about, uh, I guess the guy on the radio said that the America didn't seem to be a central part of prophecy. That's correct, I said that. Yeah, okay. Um from what I was studying, um, I'm actually of the opinion that America is the end times beast of Revelation 13. Uh, we came out of the seashore on D-Day, June 6, 1944, and since then we've been the most powerful nation on Earth. Uh, it's just my opinion that it seems that the United States is actually the one orchestrating almost every single Bible prophecy and bringing every one of these nations into alignment. Yeah, I don't agree Okay, and like I mean, in light of the like like the Abraham Accords, it's like the the Antichrist is supposed to make a peace treaty with Israel that turns out to be a trick. Sure. 
So it sure seems like like Donald Trump's the Antichrist, and he's acting out his fantasy from the Little Rascals when he told everybody that he was the Beast. I absolutely disagree with that. I really don't know what the Little Rascal comment or anything is, but I totally disagree with that. I do not believe Donald Trump is the Antichrist. Uh, I know there's it's there is de- there's no debate over that, um, but there is some debate all over uh, the role of the United States in uh, in biblical prophecy, and I'm I'm okay with that. I'm okay with the different points of view. Um, certainly, uh, in our time period, of course, for us living. Uh, right now, we're, we're in a place of prominence where the United States are there, but but really, there's no that the epicenter of everything going on uh, in biblical prophecy is not the United States. Not it, it's instead it's Jerusalem and Israel, and that's the epicenter. And I would not disagree with the statement that uh, the United States is being used in prophecy today. Um, I would not be uh, and at all. Um, disagree with a statement that um, because of uh, the Constitution, because of the Founding Fathers, because of the emphasis upon exercising your religion, no matter what it is, but for Christianity to be evangelistic, to be to have the United States being very um, uh, prosperous and sharing, loving, and caring in the name of Jesus, uh, that we're used in that way, but I I definitely don't agree with um, that point of view, and uh, appreciate your feedback and your input, but don't agree. 303-690-3000 is the number. Valerie in Baltimore, welcome to the program. Hi. 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 So um, I have a, I want to tell you I really love your program and your show. Uh, I like 90. 90- 7.5. Oh, good. I didn't really know about it until there's about maybe a couple of weeks ago. My sister introduced me because I listen to uh, I listen to Christian radio all the time. Anyway, long story short, because I know there's other people trying to call. So okay, I'm a Christian. I've always been a Christian. Um, I know. I feel like I I came out of my mother's womb as a Christian. Okay. Um, you, yes, you... I swayed here and there. Um, two, so... and, and I have a big family. It's five of us. And my sisters, and we're close, and two boys. My niece, um, it was two years, July the 26th of this year, took her, uh, shot herself. I'm sorry. In the head. Um, I have a hard time saying that because I yeah. know it was an accident. Okay. It, they, oh, I said it was a suicide. Okay. And I know that she had just relapsed on oh. alcohol. Oh, man. Um. She was fighting that and battling that, and I battled that. And it's a big um, battle. Yeah, it is a bad, it is. It's every day. It's yeah. every second of every day sometimes. And I never really got that until I am 51, and I just am coming off of relapsing okay. once again. And that's yeah. so crazy and scary at the same time. Yes. Um, but enough about me. So, so she... Had, had relapsed long, you know, her and I talked about it. She said about suicide, and, uh, you know, I, I'd say, live, you know, suicide. And she'd be like, I know Aunt Vale is a permanent solution to a temporary problem. Mm. I know she didn't commit suicide. Okay. I, I know for a fact. But do we know one another in heaven? Just an, your opinion on that. Because 
my sister has a hard time with that, and I reassure her that we do. And I reassure her that it isn't happening. Yes, she has gone through life. Was she sinning? Sure. But she was a Christian. And, and like me, French is me. I smoke. I'm smoking right now. That's a sin. I'm still going to go to heaven. As I say one sin is bigger than like adultery, for instance. A few years ago, I was committing adultery, and I stopped. And, I, and that is me comparing Good. sins, like... Well, well, let's let's step on. let's step back let's step back because we, sometimes we can make a, an an easy question more complicated. Um, and the question that you asked, you, there's a couple of questions I think that are part of of what you asked. One is, uh, will we recognize our loved ones in heaven? Yes, anyone that's born again uh, after they die, they enter into heaven. A person that commits suicide, a born born again believer that commits suicide. Um, will face a holy and a righteous judge, and the holy and righteous judge will take into account the blood of Jesus Christ in their life. And of course, anyone that's listening to me that would be even considering suicide, um, the reality of where you spend eternity um, is important, but right now God has given you physical life, and that's very important for the people that love you and care for you. So if you're even thinking of suicide right now, I want you to ask for help. Um, and I, I think it's very important that you ask for help. But you said something, um, Valerie, that I want just to bring some clarity to, because it's really important that you grasp that this, and that's nobody's born saved. Um, as a matter of fact, the Bible teaches the exact opposite, um, that all of us are born in sin. Even the most religious people later in life, like a guy by the name of Nicodemus, Jesus had to come to him and tell him, uh, Nicodemus, you need to be born again. So, Valerie, when you look at your life and you set aside the idea that you were born uh, saved, has there ever been a time when you've repented of your sins and received Jesus Christ as your Savior as an adult or any time during your life? Uh, yeah, yes. Okay, good. And um, thank you. That You're right, you're right. And what I meant by that um, is, like, I grew up... As a Christian, I got it. Okay, uh, I was little, and my parents told got me about it. God, and, and and had me had me ask the Lord and Savior into my heart. So I know it's okay. not sorry. I'm, I'm, my no, no, that's okay. I, I, just for the sake of people listening in, that's all. I just wanted to make sure that we were all on the same page. I I would hate to have answered your Bible question, but never really ministered to your soul, and so that's good to hear. And I'm grateful that you're living in sobriety. I'm grateful that uh, the Lord is encouraging you in that. I've been sober uh, 30 years now, almost 31 years, I think, and uh, the Lord's been faithful, and I'm a different man when I'm sober, and I'm grateful for that. Yeah, me, and I'm a different person, and, and you know what? Thank you for asking me that, because I would love if you would pray for me. I will. Um, because, you know, I sin. I sin all the time, yeah. and I'm really trying to stop. Like, not as much sin, sure. but it gets to a point where literally my sister, um, God bless her, so my mom has passed away, they were ready to put me in rehab, send me someplace to New York. They locked me out of the house. They changed the law. Because mm. they say I'm crazy and a totally different person. Mm. Wow. And it's scary. To That's testimony, like, isn't it? Yeah, right. It is. And, well, um, well, let me pray for you. And... Um, I'd love to do that. So, Father, I pray for my friend Valerie in Baltimore, and I know that uh, you are doing a work in her life. 
and not everyone around her agrees or likes it or agrees with it, but you do. You're very pleased with her desire to live a holy and righteous life. And I pray, God, that she would tap into the power as she abides in you to make those choices that please you and honor you, Um, that you would relieve the pressure and burden from her as she's just overwhelmed by her sin and her sinful behaviors, and instead strengthen and, you know, strengthen those places that are weak and even weaken those places that are strong so that she might come to that place of utter, uh, complete dependence upon you. And I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, sister, thanks for calling. 303-690-3000. I got a text question while Kevin is processing the next call. Um, It says, recently, uh, someone I trusted speak life to me, uh, quoted Matthew 22, 14, when I told him the many things I hope to do in the name of the Lord. It was very discouraging for me, even after trying to learn the context. Will you please help me understand what Jesus meant? Uh, in this. Uh, It's been hurting my heart, and maybe I'm not chosen. Okay, well, when Jesus, that's what Jesus said in Matthew 22, in verse, uh, uh, yeah, 22, verse 14, is the summary of the parable of the marriage feast. And he's describing the kingdom of heaven like a certain king who arranged a marriage for his son, sent out his servants to go call those that were invited, and then they started giving excuses. And the conclusion was, when the king came to see the guests, he saw a man who did not have a wedding garment on. He said, friend, how'd you come in here without a wedding garment? And he was speechless. And the king said to his servants, bind him hand and foot, take him away, and cast him into the outer darkness. There'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Many are called, but few are chosen. And what Jesus is wanting to draw out for us here is that not everybody uh, that says they're a believer is a believer. Um, and that's the, the, the idea of the kingdom of God. There are going to be a lot of people that want to be a part of the kingdom of God, but they want to do it their way. There's going to be a lot of people that want to uh, enjoy the things of God, but they are not going to have a real relationship with Jesus. And that's the key. You want to have a real relationship with Jesus. Uh, someone here in the wedding feast snuck in, uh, and they weren't. They didn't have the right robes. And we know there's great typology in this, because Jesus spoke about, uh, the Bible even speaks about us receiving robes of righteousness, that the way that we get into the wedding feast is by the finished work of Jesus Christ, so that the reality of your life in particular is... Have you repented of your sins and trusted fully upon the finished work of Jesus Christ? If you have, then you know that you've been chosen. Um, It's not your uh, works. It's not your Bible knowledge. uh, It's not your uh, efforts. It's the finished work of Jesus Christ. So I don't know what your friend was trying to say. Um, It doesn't doesn't sound like... um, it doesn't sound like the, <clears throat> the person uh, used the, message, used the uh, Scripture right, except that if you aren't sure that you're born again, then let's settle that right now. I know you, I know you con- contacted us via text, but 
if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And you can do that. You could say, God, I ask you to forgive me of all of my sins. I turn away from them today. And I express out loud my belief that you sent Jesus Christ to live for me, to die for me. And I believe that Jesus Christ rose again from the dead to save my soul. And I dedicate my life to following him from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, a prayer doesn't save you. Calling a radio show doesn't save you. But God saves you as you cooperate and obey what he says in his word. And I'm not sure you'll have to text me the details. I'm not sure what your friend was trying to tell you. But that's a salvation statement. And anyone that's born again knows that they're chosen. Everybody's called. Jesus Christ died for the world, but not everybody's saved. Everybody's invited, but not everybody's saved because not everybody trusts in the finished work of Jesus. All right, let's go over to line one. Is Sean in New Jersey. Sean, welcome to the program. Pastor, how you doing, buddy? Good, what's up? Good. I just wanted to call. I think it, the, the Lord put it on my heart. I wasn't going to, but then I, I, I you know, just kept on pushing. The Holy Spirit kept on pushing. So uh, there was a caller that came on, and I know it's dated because I'm on uh, dated back because I'm on on the East Coast. But um, her name was Heather, and she was struggling with uh, her boyfriend struggling with drug addiction. And okay. It just reminded me that right now there are so many people turning to addiction. Um, looking for hope, and uh, I'm a, a testimony. Uh, the Lord cleaned me out. Uh, it, it, took a lo- it took a while only because of me being stubborn, but once he did it, he, he cleaned me out and uh, used, he used my wife. And, and through that, you know, my, my dad died of, a, of an overdose. My mom is still a drug addict to this day. And I just want to, you know, encourage people that, you know, if you're sick, you're, you're, you know, you're dealing with addiction, it doesn't matter what it is, you know, continue to, to lean on prayer, continue to go to church, even if you're high, do these things, I, because I know the Holy Spirit and the Lord just keeps working on you, and being under the Word of God, He just cleaned me out, and I've been clean for quite a few years now, uh, me and my wife teach a Sunday school, and <laughs> it really does work, and, and you know, I look back at, like, my dad died of a heroin overdose, and, mm. and my mom's in her 60s, still addicted. I look back and say, you know what the difference is, is Jesus. Yes. Uh, Jesus is not a part of my dad's life, and I know right now he's not in heaven. And I, um, you know, I try to encourage my mom, and I pray for her, you know, but I, I just try to point her to the cross and, and tell her Jesus can change everything. Yes. And, um just so many people right now just need it, you know, and, and, and with everything going on, locked up into their homes and scared and fearful, uh, they're turning to it. It's, it, you know, it's, it's just an epidemic out there. And, yes. and, and Jesus can just clean, clean the heart and the body. And, you know, you can't look to the, the systems of man to, to deliver you from a spiritual problem. You know, you look in Oregon recently, how they just uh, voted in. Uh, and the lawmakers proposed it that um, you can there, you can carry cocaine, meth, uh, you can have uh, traces of heroin and marijuana, and it's no longer illegal. 
And you can't trust the systems of men or the politics of men to make the right decision. It's just we've got to trust in the Lord and we've got to lay our lives down before him um, and be born again. That's the only deliverance. That's it. Just like it's my testimony too. That's it. There's no other way. Yeah, he uses other people, um, but ultimately it's his work. That's right, and, because... Um, you he, know, I uh, I try to explain it to people, but, you know, um, to, 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 now I'm, I'm prudent in a, in a way that I know that I can't expose myself to that type of environment. I can't, you know, if I get injured, I have to be very careful about taking pain medication and 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 you know my wife will monitor you know because I don't I, I don't want to fall back into it so I still have to to make sure that I'm not putting myself back into it but the Lord keeps me keeps me clean he cleaned me up and and he can do it for me he can do it for anybody and yeah. and um, I just I just see everybody hurting out there and that, that lady Heather you know that called I could just hear it in her voice she sounded just like I did but I can only encourage just to continue to 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 lean on the Lord and and it's like he 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 starts on the front porch and sweeps the the deck off and then he works his way in and then eventually he's in your junk drawer cleaning yeah. out your junk drawer and it's 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 mind-boggling to me yes. how he does it but uh, just just wanted to encourage and thank you for what what you guys are doing and you know um, we just need more of the Lord. Hey, thanks for calling. Thank you, Pastor. Okay, bye-bye. And just for those listening in, uh, let me clarify, uh, so it's important to understand, let me clarify that I do believe that there are mechanisms and ways to get people sober and keep them sober apart from Jesus Christ. Um, I don't disagree with that. You know, sometimes people go, what do you mean you just, would you just say, I don't think anybody but Jesus Christ don't trust the mechanisms of man? No, 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 There's there's, there's definitely programs there's even medications, there's things that can help people um, stay off alcohol. However, only deliverance comes from the Lord. Not delay, but deliverance. Like I believe uh, alcohol, al- I mean, addiction, can't, you can't be delivered by going to a class. You can't be delivered by taking a pill. You can only be delivered by the Lord. And, and also, I believe that there are mechanisms that man had developed that can help a person cope with their issues, but not save them. Um, and that's what I mean by that. So some people, you know, maybe you're an, you're a person that's an atheist or, you know, real skeptical of the church and go, oh, there's another pastor, you know, saying something stupid. No, 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 it's not actually, um, I'm not. Uh, I do, I'm not, I know that there are mechanisms that can keep a guy sober, but they can't get him to heaven. I know there are mechanisms that keep a guy off of heroin, uh, but they can't, like even the methodology of the world, the, one of the methodologies of the world is uh, with heroin addiction to keep giving them heroin in lower doses the rest of their life sometimes. They just, the rest of your life, you're going to be on methadone. You got to go to the methadone clinic every week. Now, I know that tool helps wean off, uh, and certainly tools are great, but you don't need to take methadone the rest of your life. God wants to deliver you. He wants you to be free and clear and completely delivered. So please consider the claims of Jesus Christ, the one who rose again from the dead. Ah. All right, let's go back to Aurora, Colorado. Laura, welcome to the program. Hi. Hey. 
I called I called earlier in the week and Pastor Nick Katie prayed for my husband. He's been in the um, intensive care since October twentieth with COVID. Yes. And um because he's not been able to breathe and stuff on his own. Um so um yesterday his um uh, he's been at ninety five percent oxygen and yesterday it dropped to seventy five percent so he's been breathing better on his own. And they told him today that they gave him another COVID test, and if it's negative, they'll take him out of intensive care. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah that's amazing. So he's been in there so long, I miss him. Oh. I can't even go visit him. I'm sorry, <laughs> but, but man, that is great news. Get out of intensive care. <laughs> Let's pray for that right now. Father, I pray uh, for my sister's husband. I pray for Laura's husband that that that. COVID would work its way, all the symptoms, all the disease would work its way out of his body, that the test would be negative. Um, It's been just so, so long, and I pray that he would get out of the ICU and his body would continue to recover and that he would be yet one more example of your mercy and grace to bring him home to his wife. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Keep us up to date, Laura. I will. Thank you. Thanks. Bye-bye. All right, we're coming to the end of uh, today's program, and um, I have a friend. I don't have permission yet. I sent him a text, but I have a friend whose daughter's in the hospital right now with complications from COVID. She's just a little gal, uh, and she has this this thing that um, the complication of COVID that is in kids that's similar to the Kawasaki disease. And so they, um, I, I'm going to read. I don't have permission to share uh, the person yet, but maybe I'll, I will. But um, just a little girl, um, I'm thinking she's probably 10, 11, 12 um, or younger. Um, she's in the ICU. No spinal tap was needed. Her CT scan was clear. Um, she's doing well with the treatments and the complications from COVID. She has headaches, uh, severe and they're playing for continued wisdom for the doctors, uh, especially those that can deal with the um, the issues surrounding her um, complications. And they're ruling out meningitis, which, um, you know, either way, it's going to be a challenging way uh, with this inflammation. So we pray for this precious little girl, Lord, and pray for her family. Um, you know who they are, and um, I pray that you would show mercy um, they're not the only ones, God. I think of this This whole thing has been so politicized and challenging in so many ways, and certainly there is a place for that, but there's real sickness, whether it's Laura's husband in the hospital or it's this little innocent girl who has no complications, she has no immunodeficiencies, she has, and yet the virus is attacking her body. Um, and I, I just pray for wisdom for the doctors as it was requested, strength for the parents, strength for her siblings and her grandparents. And um, we pray, God, for your perfect will to be accomplished in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, it's a, uh, amen. It's, it's, it's a wild time we're living in right now. And I'm grateful that most of the infections have been, um, you know, flu-like symptoms, but some of them haven't been. Some of them have been very challenging for, for people that we know. Pray for our friend whose mom just passed away, and there's so many complications 
surrounding COVID with, uh, with this death. It's hard. I think of um, the families in New York that lost all their family members in nursing homes because the governor sent COVID-positive patients into nursing homes on purpose. And I just thank God that so many people are hurting right now and confused and lost their way, um, that, that you would show mercy on your church, get people back into worship, back into fellowship, back into a place of, of awe and surrender to you, Lord, in Jesus' name. We have service tonight, 7 p.m. We're meeting in person. Uh, we'll be gathering here. You're welcome to join us. Uh, we are, uh, as we have been from the beginning, following um, CDC-type guidelines. We're, uh, we are asking face coverings, require them, but we're all getting used to them. I know some people get upset about it, but don't get upset. Just think of others more highly than yourself. Um, I, I just went to Costco yesterday, and they just tightened their mask re- regulations so that even if you have a medical uh, exemption, you should wear a face shield, which you would do anyway. It's just, I know it's fatigue. I know we're getting tired of it. But let's, let's as the church, rise up and be compassionate, loving, caring, uh, considerate. And, and let's just find the ones that are hurting and pray for them and encourage them and strengthen them. That we got a lot of time on our hands. Let's go after the lost. Let's go after the hurting. And let's pray. See you guys tonight in a couple hours. We're studying First Peter. Such a powerful study already. Unbelievable. Uh, God bless you guys. Love you. We'll see you tomorrow, same time, right here on this station. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.